This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Wednesday, the 22nd of December. The box office is back, baby. That's right. Marvel's latest movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, just brought in a massive $260 million US million in its opening weekend. My friend, that is the second highest opening weekend in box office history. That is huge. Wikipedia has kind of done its own rap. And guess which page came out on top for the highest daily visit account this year? Which one? That'll be Prince Phillips with $3.87 million visitors on the day he died. Wow, very interesting, Justin. Three captivating stories today. Let's do it. For our first, NAB plans to approve home loan applications in one hour as banks fight it out for the fastest mortgage process. It's the fast and the furious around here, but the banking, compliant, and sushi (laughs) version of it, Brett. What is the story? So NAB, like many of the big four banks, Justin, here in 2021, they've had a bit of a scandalous year. Let's be honest, this has been going on for years. Well, NAB was hit with a report alleged 93% of staff were working unpaid overtime. And they were also hit with an investigation into their anti-money laundering failures. But now they've dropped a little Christmas holiday prezi for shareholders. (laughs) They're aiming to approve home loan applications in as little as one hour. Justin, that's merely two episodes of Selling Sunset. And the plan is to cash in on Australia's booming property market and take back market share from new upstart players in town. So what's the key learning here? When it comes to a home loan, there are a few critical aspects that you need to think about. Number one, you've got to think about that interest rate. Number two, you've got the features of the home loan. And you've also got to think about the turnaround time to get approved. And Brett, the time it takes for a bank to approve a home loan is becoming key to winning more customers and more market share. And more market share means bigger revenue. But that has meant new, smaller lenders and also fintechs are stepping up to compete against traditional lenders. And in the past, Brady boy, banks like (laughs) ANZ have taken around 32 days to approve complex mortgage And that means your dream property could be all done, all silent (laughs) and sold before you've even got approval. So traditional lenders are trying to become more efficient in order to take back that market share. For our second story, plant-based meat companies could be forced to scrap words like beef and sausages from their packaging if the Australian meat industry has their way. I guess no more faking it till you're (laughs) making it, Jazzy boy. What's the story? Well, plant-based foods are all the rage right now. In fact, (laughs) sales of plant-based dairy and meat alternatives reach 30 billion US dollars in 2020. And that number is expected to increase to 162 billion US dollars by 2030. Wow. Wow. But there's one thing that could slow this booming market down. Talk me through it, smart man. Well, currently, there's a Senate inquiry that's investigating whether plant-based food producers should be able to use words associated with animals on their packaging. You know, words like beef or sausage or even, dare I say it, milk. And Justin, while the ACCC ain't convinced that this is necessary, the inquiry reckons it has received evidence that consumers were getting confused by the label. And the plant-based manufacturers shouldn't be allowed to piggyback off their product name. So what's the key learning here? Piggyback branding is when a company launches a product or brand which is designed to look or feel similar to a known successful one. Now sometimes this can be used in a positive way like leveraging a trend or a news story to present your brand. But other times it can mislead people to purchase a product because it seems eerily similar (laughs) to another. And this is what the inquiry says could be happening in Australian supermarkets. They reckon plant-based meat companies are confusing customers into purchasing fake beef. And Justin, this story, it's not unique to Australia alone. No, 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 my friend. In the US, dairy farmers have been battling plant-based milk companies over the use of the word milk when you know humans just don't lactate. (laughs) For our third and final story, Chinese AI giant SenseTime has had US investors shut out from buying shares in its $1 billion IPO. 
How's that for a 180B man? What is the story? So SenseTime is a Chinese artificial intelligence startup that was founded back in 2014 in Hong Kong. They create technologies like facial recognition, image recognition, even autonomous driving. You know, pretty much everything to do with the future, <laughs> Jazzy Boy. Exactamundo, B man. And now this crew <laughs> plan to raise up to $1 billion via an IPO in Hong Kong. They were actually set to start trading earlier this month. And then the US government put them on a blacklist. And that, my friend, is because SenseTime's tech allegedly enables human rights abuses against minorities in China. And so the blacklist meant Americans were banned from investing in the company. And long story short, after delaying their IPO, they've revived their IPO plan. And they've received a large chunk of their capital raise thanks to what's called a cornerstone investor. So what's the key learning here? A cornerstone investor is a type of investor that commits to participating in an IPO in advance of the IPO. And so why do companies take on cornerstone investors? Well, there are a few reasons, V-Man. Having big names already committed to the IPO raises the profile and FOMO of that IPO. Secondly, by guaranteeing that a portion of shares will be sold, investment banks have less to sell on the actual IPO date. And as it happens, Jazzy Boy, cornerstone investors are becoming increasingly common in Asian IPOs. Which may be why SenseTime chose to bring in the big guns early. Indeed. Flux fam, just a reminder, this is our last week of doing the pod for this year, but we'll be back in mid-Jan. And the best Christmas present that you can give us is a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify as well. So if you're listening to What The Flux on Spotify, please, we would love a five-star rating. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.